Hello, listeners. Thank you for tuning in to Fandom Done Right. Today, it's Tim, Spencer, and Cole. And our vision for this episode, see what I did there, vision. Uh, we will be talking about Venom, Let There Be Carnage, and the rest of the What If episodes. And uh, there will be time codes in case you want to skip to just the movie review or just the What If uh, review. What if they've only seen What If and don't want to listen to Venom? They don't have to skip. It's true, they don't have to skip. Because we're going to Venom at the Venom at the end. <laughs> Man. Listeners, I hope you enjoyed Venom. It's it's a very interesting take. We're going to get back into that in a bit. But non-spoiler reviews, Cole. Your one sentence oh, don't start. Don't, don't start with me. Nope, you're starting. I already know how you Gosh, feel about it. it a little bit. So. I... I was kind of neutral on it, but more on the spectrum of dislike. Only for the reason... Oh, no, no, I won't get into reasons. But there were some parts that made it good and some other parts that made it meh. I think that's exactly my definition of how I felt about (laughs) Venom 1. Tim. But I I like... Oh, I'm sorry. I liked Venom 1 better. Uh, So... After having seen this one, I came to the conclusion that I do not remember Venom 1 at all. Uh, I just remember them saying symbiote and being enraged. But, like, I watched this one with my dad, who has not seen the first one. He's like, I didn't know there was a first one. So I was trying to explain it to him, and I was like, symbiote, symbiote was in a science thing, came from space. That was it, Dad. <laughs> I would I, I would say spoiler-free review for this is it did not take itself serious at times, and that made it good. I like that. I like that thought. I think that's a good, good way to put it. My non-spoiler review... As I texted Cole, I think I like to pride myself on liking movies that are, let's say, maybe a higher intellectual caliber or something than Venom, uh, Let There Be Carnage specifically. That all being said, I had a really good time. It made me laugh a lot more than I thought it would, and I didn't love the first one, mostly because of the science mumbo-jumbo, honestly. And so... (laughs) Because this one didn't take itself too seriously, and it kind of just, it didn't stop. Because I was like, well, you, you're, if you've seen the first one, you know what's going on. We're not going to, like, catch you up on that. So, I liked it. I had fun with it. Other than Venom 2, and I guess What If, uh, what have you guys been marveling lately? Well, now that uh, Black Widow is on Disney Plus for... Um not premium access i'm planning on watching that really at some point i didn't know that I i'm didn't know pretty sure it sounds about right yeah what about you tim well i have been reading uh the the faction um comic run of hawkeye a little bit and then recently i watched aquaman which is not marvel but 
quite well indeed. I haven't really been doing that much Marvel stuff lately. He's attempting to download Spider-Man PS4. That didn't work. Oh. Yeah, that's what I've been marveling is. I played Spider-Man PS4 for the second time. Very nice. What was your take on the replay? Oh, it was great. Although, I gotta say it, I always get bored in the second chapter of the DLC. Interesting. Okay. I think the third one is too over the top. I think mm-hmm. that's I like the second one because it's a classic mafia war. Like there's no science each stuff and all that yeah. jazz. Yep. 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 That's so tacos. What I do want to do soon is do a blade rewatch. Ooh. Interesting. I kind of have to be in the right mindset for that. Also, Tim's just launching, listeners, Tim's just launching this idea at us as we speak. So if it goes on the podcast, it has to happen, you know? Although I I haven't watched the whole... I don't care if I record it as a review. I just thoroughly enjoy the Blade movies and will watch them for pure enjoyment. That's a good point. I can't remember what the other thing I was marveling... But I have been reading, also meeting, reading, uh, I think it's Fraction, Matt Fraction. Yeah, I think so. Uh, his run of Hawkeye, which is, I mean, from trailers alone, the TV show is very based on this comic. Yeah. I, and like, I almost it's identical. Fantastic. It is so good. Like, I think, I, I thought I loved some comics, but this has, like, been really, really good. I just haven't made the time to read it. Uh, I guess spoiler, but Tim and I are planning to read and review it for next month's uh, Marvel Monthly. So I get excited for that. Wow, we're like a month away from Eternals, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. Dang. At the time of recording, we're a month and two days away from Eternals. And then a couple more, add a couple more days onto that, and we're. Oh no, because when does Hawkeye come out? Uh, Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving Day. Okay, the, the day yeah. before Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah. And then a month I'm from so that excited. is Spider-Man-ish. Yes, which is there's so much Crazy. going on for Spider-Man. Ooh, actually, shout out to the uh, to our Instagram page because I did a very extensively researched post. I thought it was going to be a couple of thoughts, and it turned out to be two whole posts. So if you ever have trouble understanding the Sony Spider-Man universe, it's all there. We've read it. It's pretty great. All right. Well, listeners, I hope you enjoy the review of the rest of Marvel's What If. What if what? Yes. Here we are for the second half-ish of what if. What if what? What if I don't know? Uh, it never gets old. No, it, no, <laughs> it does not. So we're here. We're going to do episode six through nine. 
So let's just dive right into this. What if episode six was... What was it? <laughs> Kill- uh, it was uh, titled, What If Killmonger Had Saved Tony? I think it kind of had elements of like Iron Man 1, Iron Man 2, and Black Panther. Yes, that was something I was going to mention, but exactly. There was a lot of... Because um, it kind of centered around Tony Stark taking Killmonger under his wing after he saves him. And we kind of see yeah. what he does, the, the the building of mechs and stuff that we see in Iron Man 2. And then the same kind of attitude and fight that Killmonger has in Black Panther. Yeah. I, I didn't, I don't think I love this one, but I'm not really sure why. I, I think it just, I mean, it was like Killmonger was a fan favorite already. And then I feel like they made him a little bit even better. Oh, yeah, this definitely built on his character. I also... I did not like how Black Panther T'Challa died. Yes. felt like that was... But I understand they did it that way because uh, Killmonger didn't have the Black Panther suit or anything like that. I think the one thing that just did not make any sense at all was the ending of that episode when the the mechs came into the shield and uh, they were shut down. And then Killmonger was like, I'll start them up again. And then they fought them all. Like, he didn't even use them to take over uh, Wakanda. He just started them up again so he could fight and show his loyalty to everyone. But I'm pretty sure even if they had stayed shut down, everyone would have believed that he was loyal to them anyway. Yeah. It was so weird. Yeah, it was a weird episode. Definitely but, not my like, favorite. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then I think even the payoff to that episode, which we'll probably talk about in nine, mm-hmm. I, I still don't think was great of a payoff. I thought it I thought it was okay. It it was definitely a definitely not what I was expecting. Yeah. But yeah, so were there any any surprises? Anything that really surprised you? Like cameos or whatever? Uh It's okay if you don't have any because honestly, neither do I. <laughs> I mean, I was a little surprised at T'Challa's death. But that this episode wasn't centered around him, so right. I also didn't really care that much. It's kind of weird. I felt uh, I on the topic of T'Challa's death. I kind of feel like they could have handled that a little bit differently, given the circumstances. Yeah, but it's whatever. I don't think I realized this at the time, but none of the other heroes were really mentioned in that episode Mm -mm. like it was just iron man characters and black panther characters yes i mean i guess it kind of makes sense but yeah 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 so episode six was just not my favorite not, not our favorite 
So episode seven was also not <laughs> great. Um, episode seven was what if Thor was an only child? A good concept, not a good payout. Yeah. Essentially, Thor comes to Earth and throws a big party when Odin goes into his Odin sleep and Frigga tells him not to. Is pretty much the plot. Yeah. And that was that was kind of dumb. It was just. Ah. They stuck to the party theme of the episode uh, really well. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think it's just the the implications that Odin returned Loki as a baby turned the entire universe into a, except for Earth, into a party universe. Uh, It was just a bit out there uh yeah and even that he and loki were on good terms at the end that was odd yeah i i kind of thought like when jane was talking about them partying and destroying a star i kind of thought like there would be like some contagious dance thing or something that she would solve and set it all right or something like the dancing plague a long time ago in france oh i was thinking in uh uh um geez in modok the uh i don't don't remember what they were called but where they just danced until they everyone died i forgot about that yes Unfortunately, I've purged Modoc from my brain. Yeah, uh, I, I I genuinely thought that was was going to happen, and then nothing like that happened. No. Um, but I think that I agree. It. I think the concept of the episode was kind of cool. I even like that Thor was f- super funny, which is very different than Comet Thor. Comet Thor is not funny, right? But the MCU Thor's kind of funny this one was just super funny and he was still powerful like he went toe-to-toe with captain marvel that has to be the highlight of the episode was the fight with captain marvel yeah even though there were a few parts that were a little on the nose just in dialogue that yeah that was a really intense fight not the most intense fight of the series but it was pretty good no (laughs) and very well animated so, yeah, I was shocked to see, honestly, Captain Marvel show up. Yeah. Yeah. It was, <laughs> it was a strange episode it for was. Captain Marvel to be in it. Well, I don't know. Is it that strange? It is Captain no, Marvel. We'll, we'll get strange. <laughs> no, strange was earlier. <laughs> and later. And later. <laughs> But yeah, any did did were there any other surprises? Anything else that surprised you in this episode? Well, I'll just mention that Darcy was surprised <gasps> when she woke up and found that she was married to Howard the Duck. <laughs> I love that they brought in um, Howard the Duck. Yeah, um, man, 
And some of the other party people, um, obviously Korg came back. Yeah. He had one line, but I was glad they brought him. Um, and Grandmaster, of course. <laughs> Howard the Duck. Yikes. <laughs> Poor Darcy. Yeah. Oh. I, I think that's that leads us to episode eight. The Infinity War which, uh, of What If. Yeah. Like, I, kind of, the, the whole episode season has been leading to these last two episodes. Mm-hmm. And episode eight, yeah, like, Infinity War just told us so much about Thanos. This just gives everything about Ultron in an actual Age of Ultron uh, setting. Um, Like in the comics, uh, there was only, um, or in at least one variation of uh, Age of Ultron, uh, Hank Pym was the only one left alive. In this one, only Clint and Natasha are the only ones left alive. Um, And I was just a just a good episode like we we see so much of natasha and clint um i think it was a really good episode for clint Mm -hmm. before the hawkeye series next month um and it it had like a reversal of uh natasha dying to sacrifice Mm -hmm. herself in this one clint sacrificed himself like a screen Um, if you did a screen comparison they're identical just reversed yeah yeah it was so good. And, and then uh, Zemo, or not Zemo, um, Arnim Zola <laughs> comes back. Like, what? Uh, it's just, man. And then it ends with a freaking fight between the Watcher and, and Ultron. Yeah, an like, interdimensional crazy episode. fight between the Watcher and Ultron, where Ultron eats an entire universe like a cookie. Yeah. And then it's possible. I don't know how to even confirm this, but it's very possible that in this episode, they linked Star Wars to the MCU. Really? Um, When they were going through different universes, some people pointed out that one of those universes might have been Mustafar and another one might have been Felucia from Star Wars. Hmm. Now... Like, Marvel hasn't said anything, but, so, it's just speculation, but, just, man. I mean, they... It's a crazy fight. Yeah. Marvel does do Star Wars comics. Yeah. I think. I, yeah. I would say the, definitely the, the biggest, um, what just happened a moment was when Thanos came and <laughs> Ultron just perfectly balanced him as yep. all things should be. Just right in half, I, y'all. Yeah, I, I don't like that, but I, they did it because that wasn't the focus of the episode. Yep. Um, as a lot of the, the things in the, this series have been. I think they easily could have done it a different way, but that was just a quick way for Ultron to get the rest of the stones. And, you know, it, it worked for him. <laughs> yeah. 
I think this episode out of all of them really had me just kind of floored at the end, like what just happened. Yeah. Even even the the finale, I was like, I had some closure to it. But this really left on the cliffhanger of cliffhangers. So Oh man, one of the just greatest moments in this episode when when Ultron had conquered the the his universe and he just sat there in space <laughs> as like yes peace finally and then Ul- the watcher starts monologuing basically and Ultron's like what is this wait who's there and and the watcher just continues like narrating and then he's like but Ultron sees another he sees the Watcher. What? 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 <laughs> and it was like, if the Watcher hadn't said anything, it's very possible Ultron would have like just shut himself down or something. And so you're saying there would be no episode nine. So you're saying Maybe. that the Watcher is to blame for all of this. Yeah, maybe. Okay. I don't know. I'm down with it. <laughs> but it, it is kind of his fault. I mean, he did pick the team. Yeah, it's... it's, Ah, it's such a good episode. But yeah, that has to be... Including the finale, episode 8 has to be my favorite episode. I think. Ooh. I... I still... I still love uh, episode... 3. Oh, what? The, uh... uh, Yellow Jacket... Yeah, I yeah, did. Him, I him. did like that one too. That'd probably be a second, my second favorite. So, so one kind of question theory about episode eight. Theory time. More concerning the Watcher. So he said that he uh, made an oath. Um, so part one, I guess. Who do you think he made the oath to? Um, and then, um, in his fight, when he finally took the fight a little bit serious and armored up and stuff, do you think that looked similar to, from what we've seen of the Eternals' powers? Interesting. I mean, I can't really say much on the Eternals because I've watched... I've watched the trailer a handful of times just to kind of get a feel for the movie. I haven't really noticed. I didn't really notice all the details on the armor and stuff. I was going to save that for sitting in theaters, but I, I I see where you're coming from with that. Cause they, they kind of made the oath thing to the celestials. Right. I'm not necessarily the watcher made the oath with, to the celestial, but the first, I don't know. The first like, thing that came to mind was that he made it to himself. Like, yeah, maybe or, or to other watchers or to I, other watchers. Yeah, because there are other watchers, right? Yeah. Stan Lee, rip in peace. Yeah, I don't actually like that. Um, <laughs> that. Not in credit scene, that scene in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 <laughs> now. Like, then it was like, awesome, we see the Watchers. Yeah. But now it's like, 
the Watcher is an actual thing, and there is just a tease. Maybe he was more like an informant or something. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's very much more likely that the Watcher made the oath to the other Watchers. Mm-hmm. But I still think, like, his, it's just an interesting thing. I think his armor and stuff looked very much like Angelina Jolie's character's yes. weapons and stuff. But, I don't know. That that doesn't mean anything, really. Yeah. I don't know. There's Just keep in mind, folks, that there's still a season two confirmed. And who knows what afterwards. So, yeah. maybe we'll find... I hope we find out more about The Watcher in season two... Maybe. But who knows? So are you ready to move on to the finale? Yeah. Oh, boy. So the finale, it happened. That's all I got to say. Yep. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Gazebo Effects review of What If. And that is what if we didn't review it. But now we're going to do what if we will review it. Yeah, I guess we will. No, in all honesty, it was a pretty great episode. Yeah, what did you think? So I I, I kind of, I was watching it while I was eating. Yeah. And this is not the type of episode to do that with. No. Um, because I kept on having to like go back <laughs> and be like, wait, what just happened? Because there were times like when Ultron did something or Sorcerer Supreme Doctor Strange did something. And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) Ultron just tried to eat the galaxy again and Sorcerer Supreme stopped it? What? (laughs) Like there were just so many moments and I was like, what is happening? This is insane. Yeah, I liked... Like, oh, it was just crazy. It, it was a very crazy episode, very mind-bending. I had, some, I had some really good thoughts about this. I wasn't really expecting it to pick up with their that universe's version of Winter Soldier. Yeah, that was interesting. Including Black Widow set, setting up, trying to set up Peggy with a date and... I didn't understand yeah. it at first because I was like, why are we including this? But when it paid off later with Peggy gaining uh, apocalyptic Black Widow's trust, then it then it clicked and I shouldn't have questioned it. And I think it also paid off at the very end of the episode. And the very end, yeah. When, like, at the beginning they were talking about dating and then... Steve! Steve! So, yeah, there we go. We kind of spoiled the ending. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you're here, um, and we know that you are, you've <laughs> seen the end. <laughs> I, I I love it that we actually got uh, Zola on a stomach. Like, yes! I never actually thought yes! that would happen. <laughs> as soon as... Jeez. <laughs> As soon as they turned it around, I was like, oh, no, they didn't. They did not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Um, for those who don't know, classic Arnim Zola in several years back comics was a computer program in a robot and his face was on the robot's stomach. And it was just, why not? It was just a weird time, but it was great. The, the, oh man, I don't know. Like this, this entire, okay. I, I got a little bit disappointed when I checked to see how long this episode was and saw that it was uh, like a little over half an hour mm-hmm. because I was like, how are, how are they going to do that? Like first they have to bring everyone together. Then they have to fight Ultron. Who's all powerful. Like how are they going to do that in half an hour? Well, they did it. But this episode <laughs> was so fast paced mm-hmm. and it was almost the entire episode was the battle. Like, gathering everyone was probably, like, two minutes of the episode. Mm-hmm. The only and the only hang-up was Thor. <laughs> yeah. You like, have been chosen. Probably, I mean, I haven't, I haven't, I didn't look at this, but probably 20 minutes of the episode was the fight. Yes. Because, like, four, five minutes was credits, a little bit of teases at the end. A little bit of resolution of sending everyone back. But the rest of the episode was the fight. And there were just so many moments in that. Like, they had a moment where everyone was hitting Ultron with shields and blasters and and just tentacles and everything. And I was like, whoa, this is weird. And then it, the camera focused on the soul stone and everyone was just trying to get it and... Boom, boom, and we were just focusing on Soul Stone, and I was like, wow, this is cool. And then, again, like, Ultron tried to just snap the universe away, and in Sorcerer Supreme was like, nope, I'm gonna eat that power or something. And I was like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> what? He ate it like another cookie! It's crazy. I want cookies now. <laughs> we'll talk more about Ultron cookies like, later. <laughs> Ultron was like, "Oh, this universe is a cookie," and Sorcerer Supreme was like, "My cookie." <laughs> oh my goodness! Another great thing. Oh my gosh! You're right. <laughs> we will be talking about cookies later. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of shields, uh, that was a great thing that they carried over from eight to nine. Was um. A Black Widow finding Red Guardian's shield that was actually not in the Black Widow movie. Yeah. And that was, so that was a fun scene with the two hitting Ultron with shields. Also, what was fun was uh, the multiverse of hammers. All the hammers. Thor. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I liked their cheer uh, when uh, Sorcerer Supreme was. Uh, talking about how, like, death is this endless void of nothing, and just kept on describing it like that. And then uh, T'Challa was like, to the guardians of the multiverse. <laughs> <laughs> what else? I loved their armor, the um, the Sorcerer Supreme armor. Yeah. That was really cool, because Thor had his helmet outlined. I couldn't. The shield was outlined on Captain Carter. It was just neat, neat art direction. 
It's also interesting because in episode uh, four? four, was that the episode with Sorcerer Supreme? Yes. Four or five. Wong put that same protection spell on Strange, Good Strange, less powerful Strange. Mm-hmm. And it, he just got ripped apart by Sorcerer Supreme <laughs> Strange. Yeah. And so in this in this episode, we see how powerful Sorcerer Supreme's protection spell is. Mm-hmm. Well, and just Sorcerer Supreme is. My goodness, he's powerful. But his uh, protection spells uh, survived a long time against the power of Ultron with the stones. Yeah. Uh, and like it's, it's just insane how powerful Sorcerer Supreme is. Do you think we'll see him again? Oh, man, that ending... I, I don't know. Uh, like, he said that last sentence, is, and it was like, you know what friends are for. Uh-huh. And I was like, uh, uh-oh. So, I, I, fe- because I feel like we could see I him next kinda, season. I mean, I'm just thinking, could he eat the power of the Soul Stones and become more powerful? I don't Whoa. No, we ain't even going to think about that. That's going to keep me up tonight. Yeah, like, I don't know. Oh, my gosh. But there's some food for thought. Eat that cookie. Ah! Oh, my gosh. Personally, I kind of hope that we see him in Multiverse of Madness. That would be a fun cameo. Unless he's the bad guy again. It makes sense that Benedict Cumberbatch plays the bad guy. He did it for the first one. Yeah. (laughs) But anyways, so anything else you want to discuss to wrap this up? I don't think so. Man, what a great episode. Right. It was a great ending to this season, too, Mm -hmm. because it kind of concluded, like, especially when Killmonger got stones and he was like, we could all use these. And it kind of just concluded everything. Mm-hmm. So, I guess now begs the question, now what? Oh, okay, so I think a big inspiration for this show was a comic series called Exiles, where different characters from different universes come together to save a big multiversal threat. Huh. Sounds similar, yeah? Yeah. So, a big thing about that is a lot of the characters change throughout the the comic series. Mm -hmm. And so, I'm pretty sure next season, we're going to have maybe one or two returner characters, and the rest are going to be new stories. It's also been heavily speculated, rumored, that Captain Carter will be in live action. I hope so. I I think the speculation is that she'll be in Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. But I don't know. Well, they did give us a little bit of a glimpse into next season in this in the finale with Gamora and Sakaar and Iron Man. Yeah. Which so about that so that means this season was supposed to be ten episodes. Yes. So do you think they're just gonna change that episode a lot? and just make it into the 10th episode of next season? Or do you think they'll include that one 
and made 11 episodes next season. I think they'll just make it a 10th episode. I don't I'm not sure. Yeah. I like I don't think it'll have an impact on no next season like it would have this season but i still think they're gonna release it yes they they um i read a thing today about how they're planning on releasing it still yeah and i think so a lot of people have said that like tony stark dies in like every single (laughs) universe but we see in that universe that he doesn't die and so I think, well, they, they, the makers of that episode have said that um, they made that episode to kind of show that not every university dies and it kind of, kind of just shows some lightheartedness and stuff to Iron Man. Right. Um, Which is kind of weird since he lands on Sakaar, not very lighthearted, but. And that they called, they called them the lone survivors of Sakaar. Yeah. That's also not very lighthearted. But. Which could be very much like the comics. Mm-hmm. I, oh, shoot. I I, uh, I just got really excited because... Uh, so, Marvel's deal with Universal and the Hulk is the Hulk can't have a... He can't be the star of a Marvel film. But I'm pretty sure... In that season, they could do a whole episode about the Hulk, and it could be World War Hulk. Ooh. Oh, that, that would be so exciting. That would but be fun. That's just a really random theory by me. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it could work. He, he only For a whole season. One episode this this season, I think. Yeah. Yeah. No, two. Sorry. Zombies and... Yeah. But yeah, so I think... I think next season we're going to delve into um, some of the stuff we've seen so far in phase four, including the TV shows, WandaVision, Loki, Falcon and Winter Soldier, and probably Black Widow and um, Shang-Chi. But that's, of course, all up to speculation at this point. I think it's also worth mentioning before we close out our review that they revealed today that they were going to make a spinoff show of what if centered around T'Challa Star-Lord and the Ravagers. Personally, I would have really enjoyed to see, really enjoyed seeing that. What about you? I I don't know if I would have, but I, I think I liked that team in the amount that we got them. Right. It was such a different team than the Guardians of the Galaxy that we know and the characters that we know. It just would have... I think they would have had a lot of fun with that. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, that's a project that's never going to see the light of day. Um, But yeah. So I think that concludes our What If review, Tim. Yep. So... Up next, we've got more cookies for y'all with (laughs) (laughs) more cookies for your minds to devour in the uh, Venom Let There Be Carnage uh, review.
time I typed Cletus, it always just changed it to Cletes. Yeah, I noticed that. I didn't know if that was a joke or not. I thought it was a joke. No, I'm <laughs> serious. Every t I tried to type it Cletus every time. We're just going to call him Cletes the whole time. <laughs> Tim, you made a quite the funny outline, but it, yeah. it did make me laugh out. I was really confused <laughs> when you were wrote it writing symbiote. I thought you were trying yeah. to do like internet slang, <laughs> like SMH by OTE. <laughs> and I was like, I, I don't know what joke he's trying to make here. <laughs> All right. Spoilers are out. Spo goopy, some goopy spoiler knives are going at you listeners. So if you haven't <laughs> seen Venom, let there be carnage. Just get out of the way. Like slimy get out! spoiler knives like Venom or Carnage had. Big old slimy stuff. Venom. Big old slime. <laughs> Dude, I just realized this yeah, movie I'd say that was a the, pretty good bit. This, this movie is the Nickelodeon slime of uh, comic book movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But okay. So, I, I was watching this movie and, uh, and doing this outline and everything and i just could not remember which symbiote venom fought in the first one so i was really confused because you were texting that mulligan has the monster uh, has a symbiote of toxin but i'm 98 percent sure that toxin is the one he fought in the first one maybe a solid 80 percent actually i'm not that confident well crap so no, no. Was it not toxin? It wasn't toxin. Um, they said it in the movie, but I don't remember. What was he called then? Um, Virus. <laughs> probably. Microbe. <laughs> I don't know. I'm thinking all these dumb names. I thought it was. Uh... I'm having to look it up, so I'm cheating. Sorry. Riot. Riot. Yeah. Riot. Yes. What a riot, honestly. Start a riot. Yeah. Good song, I guess. <laughs> Good movie. I don't know how I feel about the song. Ooh, there should be a symbiote called Ratchet. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> so someone can say that's so Ratchet. <laughs> The being it forms a symbiotic relationship with is a just a ratchet. Somebody has yeah. to throw the ratchet to attack. <laughs> yeah. And just to fill us in back from the first movie again, when I guess Anne, but doesn't I don't know if it's her specifically, when when it's like the lady that's venom, is that just like she venom or does she have a name as well? Uh so in the comics uh, there was a female symbiote that was called Female Symbiote. A more elegant name from a more civilized time. Yeah. Lady so in, in, the, in the comics, the symbiotes are called uh, Clintar from the planet Clintar, which has a whole bunch of other backstory with Noel. But in this, they're from... Eddie says planet Mang Mangmang. 
or something. Um, which I, is just him saying, I don't know where you're from. But, yeah. So I don't know if they're going to explain that they're from Clintar in a third Venom or the MCU. Or we'll go into that later, I guess. Oh, yeah. Definitely going to be some post-credits talk on this one. Uh, I don't really remember. Honestly, I've, it's already... I'm glad you did the outline, Tim, because I've already forgotten a lot of the story beats. It's just... <laughs> I felt fun, like it was not... a bit... I Personally, I felt like the story was a little bit rushed. Like, I liked that it didn't backtrack. But honestly, I was a little confused at the beginning, given the end credit scene for the first Venom. Yeah. I couldn't tell if it was happening in not the flashback to the mental hospital, but when Eddie was going to see Cletus, I couldn't, I couldn't figure out if that happened in the past. Cause it looked like it happened in the past to me. Yeah. I think just the, the wigs confused us. I think so. I think he said four different wigs. Yeah. Although his hair in this one looked all right. I mean, Woody Harrelson still shouldn't wear a wig. Yeah. I feel like he didn't need the wig. Yeah. But I guess the red hair is pretty... I think people would have thrown a fit if he didn't have the red hair at the same time. So it's tough. Let's talk about Woody Harrelson. What did you guys think of Woody Harrelson in this movie, his performance, all that? This has to do with Woody Harrelson. Um, In the flashback thing with Cletus I'm pretty sure that young Cletus was the actor was different but I'm pretty sure he was voiced by Woody Harrelson oh I'm I'm certain yeah. that was Woody Harrelson's voice and I thought he did thought that pretty, was pretty good well in done. this role yeah I've never been disappointed by a role that Woody Harrelson's done and this definitely didn't disappoint either if anything, I want, this is going to sound dumb, but I want Zombieland to be part of the MCU just so that Tallahassee could be a variant of uh, Cletus Cassidy. And because um, <laughs> they were basically the same person. <laughs> Cletus was menacing. I like the point where he was talking about how people love serial killers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the world we live in. Cletus Cassidy also, would have a Netflix special in the MCU. He was also <laughs> ten times out of weird. ten. Uh, in one of the previews before the movie started, there was a preview for True Crime. Oh my god! And I was like, "This is hitting too home right now. You can't, you can't show a preview for that for this movie." Ooh, speaking of previews, the No Way Home trailer. It was so awesome in the theater. Like, I wasn't really expecting Mm -hmm. it to blow me away because I've seen it three times probably now. But I was like, the the Doc Ock arm, just that size, was just amazing. Yeah. And it was really something I didn't get to experience because my parents didn't let me see Spider-Man 2 in theaters. Mm, That was going to be my question was, did you see any of the... Any of these movies in theaters? I saw the I saw Spider Man three, and then obviously both the Amazing Spider Man films. I think the only Spider Man films I saw in theaters were the Marvel ones, the MCU ones. Interesting. 
So yeah, I th I don't think the story rushed. It it did it was fast. I mean, it's a short movie, but I don't think it needed if it was slower, like if they added more stuff, it'd be less Cletus Cassidy stuff and it'd be more sciency mumbo jumbo, which we hated That's about the fair. first one. I I would say I think they should have added more uh Cletus Cassidy causing carnage. Yeah, more carnage. Um, yeah. That's what like, that's another thing that I really wish they'd done more of. That's probably fair. And also I, the PG also think rating kind of limited that too. Yes. Yes, very much. But I, I think it was a pretty good PG thirteen movie. Like like it wasn't pushing the R too much, but it was a very PG thirteen movie. Right. So yeah, the, we get the the openers like young Cletus, and I thought that was all done well. Cletus tells Eddie his life story. I think that was done in an interesting way, like showing how he killed his dad and his grandma. Oh yeah, that was actually a really cool um, illustration. Like the animation mm -hmm. was really well done. I forgot about that. There's a certain amount of touches from Andy Circus that I can kind of see. Like, oh, I think yeah. this movie's a little more, has a lot more artistic value to it. Yeah. Just because of what he brings to the table. And, of course, the effects. I mean, he's the king of effects, so. Yeah. Of motion capture, specifically. I like, I think Venom actually got, other than Cleet, Cleats, of course, Venom actually, like, not, not Eddie, Venom got the most character development. <laughs> I, I like Venom be, basically being a private detective. <laughs> that was great, too. Like, he's like, he puts the, he's about to put the recorder down. He's like, no need, I have perfect memory. <laughs> <laughs> but Venom is very, very active in this movie. I feel like last movie was like here and there. Sometimes he had a good conversation. But like, I feel like the last one, all I remember is when he's talking about how he was a loser on his home world. And so he's like, well, Eddie, I was a loser. And you're a loser, so maybe we can like be better together or something like that. I like that bit, but I felt like mm -hmm. that was such a short moment in the first one, and so this movie's kind of like a whole movie of it. Yeah, but I like how they use Venom's abilities. Like you can see how he's a super intelligent alien, and he does all the drawing, uh, iRobot style. Tim, I'm sure you noticed that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then he gives up on the drawings and just does it with symbiote. That was like, oh man. I still thought Cletus was a freaking idiot psychopath for just drawing where he hid the bodies. I don't know if that's something people normally do when they're in jail cells for a long time, but it's like, I think that was just a plot thing. Yeah. No, I I think... I mean, I think it's more like a cliche thing for crazy people to do, i.e. Okay. Or for for example, like um, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull was <laughs> one. Um, yeah. Arkham Asylum, because if you really look at all the walls in there, people have drawn on the walls, and it's not necessarily okay. where yeah. they've hid bodies or something, but. It's more of just like a thematic cliche, I guess. So I think I think it works. Yeah. 
There might have been some moments in between, but Tim, what happens next? Generally. Uh oh, uh, uh Eddie is responsible for finding the dead bodies and uh Cletus is uh put back on death row and his one request is to see Eddie again. Um and so Eddie goes and then Cletus just taunts him uh, by talking about how Eddie was bullied as a kid. And uh, Eddie slash more Venom gets angry and just slams Cletus around in his cage. And then Cletus bites him. And the, the thing he he's concerned with is he's like, Eddie, I've tasted blood. Yours isn't blood. Something's not right. Like, what the heck, dude? You were just slammed around in a cage, and you're concerned that that doesn't taste like blood. I think it must have happened so quick that you didn't notice. I don't know. It's weird. I actually like that. Uh, that was pretty That was pretty psychotic. And it shows... And a good segue. Uh, yeah. It I shows also, that... Uh, it reminded Eddie, me of that... Gollum. <laughs> And I don't know if that's because it was directed by Andy Serkis and he was just like, hey, this is my favorite role. I'm going to add a little homage to it. Um, or if it was just a coin to dink. I think I liked how it showed that Eddie was kind of holding himself together. But Venom cared about Eddie and didn't want Eddie to be insulted. Yeah. So, but it is a little silly that that's the way that he gets the, the symbiote. Maybe Venom, as a child, was also bullied by his parents. And so he took that personally. Excellent point. Probably my favorite part is what you wrote down next. The the whole segment where Anne got engaged to Dan, the new doctor. He was in the last one, I think. He gets a little more play in this one. But I love... I don't know why they named them Dan and Anne. Yeah, that's that's a little rough. Well, I know what their couple name is. It's just Dan, guys. It's just oh, Dan with okay. Two I was like, and 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 and. <laughs> yes. I just love how Eddie's so broken up about it, and it's a, it's a short scene, unfortunately, because this movie's super short. But Anne speaks directly that- to Venom in the restaurant. Yeah, I w- I got a little bit of Incredible Hulk vibes after that scene when he tries to commit suicide via um, car crash. Right. And Venom literally pulls him back out and is like, what's your problem? He's like, don't worry, buddy. I'll get you through this. <laughs> <laughs> I like it how Andy, uh, Eddie insulted Venom and Venom's like, I'll take that because I know you're emotional or something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, I can't mend the, he can't mend the heart. I can't amend emotional pain. They just kind of had a moment. But yeah. Oh, another, yeah. this might just, <clears throat> I think this is just an Easter egg, but Venom's, uh, not Venom, Eddie's bike helmet looks like Spider-Man's helmet mask. Oh. I didn't I notice that. that. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Or you know. But yeah, the, the attempted suicide was a, uh, a good scene in this movie. I really enjoyed that. And then 
There's quite the breakup scene. <laughs> yeah. They were... It was so, so crazy. Eddie just got beat up, though. It didn't... That, Eddie wasn't going to win that fight versus Venom. Here's my thing, though. How did nobody call the landlord and be like, y'all, can you get guy in room blah, blah, blah to shut up? It's true. Bursting holes in the ceiling, all that. His head just popped up in my floor. Oh, also, favorite duo in the movie other than Eddie and Venom, Sony and Cher. <laughs> we cannot eat them. Tiny brains. Look at them. No, he did, he wasn't saying about those chickens, though. He said those chickens are uh, sentimental value or something. Like they're oh, part that's of the, right. They're part of the family. I don't remember what exactly he said. Goodness. I guess there was a moment before that where they're kind of being a vigilante around the city, and they, they <laughs> that lady was actually kind of fending for herself, but Venom saved her anyway and tried to eat the guy. That was, yeah. All the while, and yelling, made him go. Lethal protector! Lethal protector. That was a great, that's a good, Venom, that was, I like that Venom come up with that line himself, because he likes to eat, likes to kill and eat people. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what exactly is it. Eddie was like, she didn't, she didn't ask for our help. He's like, she needed our help, but she didn't ask for it. There's a difference. <laughs> 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 they just, it's, it's great. There's all, I like all the points where, and this is one of the main gags from the first one, where Eddie's talking to Venom, but he actually speaks out loud. Like he's walking to the prison. Yeah. Says, you suck. You suck. <laughs> Straight to the police lady. <laughs> excuse me. Uh, I'm guard. sorry. I, I'm I so have no sorry. excuse. <laughs> I know we've, we've texted about this, but I don't think I've gone on record. I do not like Tom Hardy in just about everything I've seen him in. But I really did enjoy him in this. He's great. Uh, I He's the last person I would have thought to play Eddie Brock. Well, not the last, but one of the last. Yeah, he usually has like more serious roles. Uh, not mm-hmm. not serious like drama, but uh, like Bane. Um, and Dun- well, I mean, his part in Dunkirk was really small, but and he was in Inception, right. but all... He didn't really make jokes very much. He's almost uh, Chris Hemsworth, I guess, and that he has good comedic skills, but you wouldn't know it until you used him. Right. Yeah. A point that kind of made me sad is that Tom Hardy plays both Venom and Eddie. Mm-hmm. So he has to do... He has both voices, which is just kind of like, well, there's no... I was like, oh, Venom was great. Who played Venom? Oh, Tom Hardy did. Tom Hardy. <laughs> he did everything. Yeah. The disappointment. So after they break up, uh, who is Francis? Francis is uh, Shriek. Oh, yes. Yeah, so Eddie tries to look for Francis, and then Venom finds a rave. <laughs> hey, Cole, that, so I, did I'd, you think... Yeah. Did... Cole, did you think of Deadpool when uh, every time Francis was mentioned? A little bit, yes. I actually forgot about that until just now. <laughs> it's like, Who's I thought Francis? of it the first Wait, time, and then I, I couldn't get it out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> I kept going, man, does she look familiar? 
And then I realized that was uh, Tia Dalma from Pirates of the Caribbean. Yes. Oh. Which is interesting because Detective Mulligan was also in Pirates of the Caribbean. I did not know that either. Yep. But Detective Mulligan was actually. That Mulligan was actually some clever storytelling because I didn't put together that he was the guy that shot her, and that's why he. And then he. I, once I saw the hearing aids, I was like, whoa, that's... From this I movie, so I, didn't, I didn't expect that. So that was really... So really cool. Yeah. So, but yeah, about I, the I rave. Liked it, uh, yeah, I kind of liked Venom at the Rave. Uh, <laughs> it was not something I thought I would want to see or like. But it was kind of fun. Venom covered in glow sticks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, uh... I thought it was a photoshopped image, what I saw. I guess it was in a trailer. And so yeah. I just thought someone photoshopped a ton of glow sticks when I saw it on the internet a couple of days prior to watching the movie. I was like, this isn't real. Why? <laughs> it is so good. Like, they're like, I love your costume, man. Thank you. I made it myself. And then someone was like, I love you. He's like, I love you too, person. <laughs> it was just it was good and then Eddie's following through like the the whole investigation and he's a good reporter he's just a mess in life mm-hmm. I think my favorite thing that uh, Venom says is uh, when another host dies he's like oh another one bites the dust <laughs> <laughs> gotta find another <laughs> your, your Venom is not far from Cookie Monster <laughs> but in your defense Venom is not that far from Cookie Monster I mean you're not wrong oh my gosh we're just gonna keep flying just like the movie Uh, my favorite uh, Carnage ability which he only used like the one time was the tornado Mm. that was cool is that something from the comics cause I didn't I've uh, really read just, Carnage comics, so... I don't know if he's done that in the comics, but something he did do in this that he did, or has done in comics, wait for it, he has stuck his little, um, I don't... his body into a computer to hack something before. In the I comics. Mm-hmm. He's gone through the the internet stuff or whatever, and com- comics are weird. He's gone through the internet thing into someone's house to kill them. That's crazy. When I saw that in the movie, I was like, ah. <laughs> when that yeah. happened in the movie, I was kind of like, this is stupid. But if it's actually in the comics, then uh, yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I was like, okay, come on. And then I researched it and I was like, well, okay. Okay, I see I see you, Andy Circus. <laughs> One scene I really liked um, after Cletus breaks out Francis is the the relationship makeup between Venom slash Anne and Eddie. Um, because it was like, Eddie was saying, like, how he was a screw-up before meeting... He was talking to Venom, but also Anne, and he was just saying how much of a screw-up he was and how uh, Venom helped him and stuff like that. But it was still both directly to Venom and Anne 
And I just kind of like that scene. That was kind of cool. Uh, that was very creative. I didn't even think about that. I liked the um, the scene prior to that. It was probably my favorite scene was when he was uh, there. Anne's looking for Venom and he's this inside. The... <laughs> <laughs> like she I, sees I couldn't an... stop laughing. Like it was when Mrs. Jen. I can't say that word on this podcast. She looks over and says a certain phrase to calls Dan a certain term. And that's like, the, <laughs> yep. and that's like the it's like Venom's favorite word. From the first movie. Yes. And so she's like, wait a second. Get out of there right now. And then it's like half Mrs. Chen's face, half Venom <laughs> eyes. And oh, that was so funny. It was so good. Mrs. Chen, <laughs> man. She's the best. That's that's one thing I, I will give an edge to on this movie was the transitions between symbiote characters were fantastic. Like any time we went from Carnage to Cletus or Cletus to Carnage, it was just so smooth and it looked really good. And it was different um, from the way that Eddie transforms too. Right. Yeah. Uh, Cletus, it almost comes out of him. I'm doing a motion that's not helpful for the podcast. Or it comes <laughs> out of your his face. It kind of slaps on <laughs> sideways while Eddie is mm-hmm. like Iron Man putting on a helmet, basically. Right. But the just the cost the does it, the design of uh, Carnage was really cool with the kind of DNA sp- spiral tendrils, um, and he just looked very visually appealing. And I think in a non-appealing I did, I way. He, <laughs> yes, I didn't like Carnage's <laughs> voice, and no. I don't know if that was even Woody yeah. Harrelson's voice altered or what. I just didn't enjoy when he spoke. When Woody spoke, it was great. Carnage's voice sounded like more intelligent than Venom. Yeah, which I guess is one thing we can say because Carnage is like supposed to be better in all the other ways, but probably not that. Yeah. Ooh, something else that I liked about Carnage was the ability to send bullets through the middle. Mm-hmm. That was gross. Yeah. But awesome. I think the best parts of the movie after that is the the whole final fight. I thought that was really good. Yeah. yeah. Daredevil, Daredevil 2002 vibes. A little bit. <laughs> Ooh. But wow. not too much. Just the play on sound and fire was really good because at one point they just take away both symbiotes. And they're like, all right, yeah. mano y mano, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Which Eddie didn't stand a chance. No. I like when Dan showed up with the fire. He's like, sound and fire. In this case, it's just fire. Just fire. <laughs> I was like, yeah, Dan. I, liked, I hated uh, you until this moment. I, li- <laughs> I liked it at the beginning when uh, when Venom's like, uh, you're dead. And, and Eddie's like, yeah, that's the spirit. And Venom's like, oh, I was talking about us. <laughs> We're dead. Yeah. <laughs> We're dead. We're going to die. <laughs> That's that was that was also really comedic. Although okay. although it was kind of overshown in the trailers, I did like another great comedic part is oh it's a red one. Yeah, we're gonna go. <laughs> we're not gonna do this. We're just gonna walk our own. Spencer, and you said that the, it reminds you of Daredevil, but uh, the the scene. Well, just them being at a church reminded me of uh, meeting Amazing Spider-Man. No, not Amazing. Spider-Man 3 when uh, 
Eddie Brock, played oh, by yes. Topher Grace, was at the church. And he's like, God, just kill Peter Parker. And then he becomes uh, Venom. But it was at a church, and that's what... But also, uh, the, the part where Venom uh, was lowering down uh, Anne down to the ground... Did it not remind you of Gwen Stacy? Hard. It was so similar. That was a huge (laughs) parallel. Yeah. While this movie's like not a Spider-Man movie, it's not not either. Like it gets a lot of those moments, like kind of the essence of of what makes a good Spider-Man movie. So I really like that. It's really weird. I think I I really enjoyed. I knew Shriek was gonna have to be carnage's downfall eventually one way or another and then i, I like that venom couldn't beat carnage on his own yeah yeah mm-hmm. like he was gonna lose every time and there's the part where he's falling and venom goes to dan through Anne, and then catches eddie yeah that was that was neat great. what'd you guys think of uh venom just eating cletus I loved and hated it because Cletus was was such a good character and I didn't want him to kill him off. But, you know, I also was wondering when they were going to drop the F-bomb. <laughs> I, was I didn't actually think about little, it until after he said it. I was kind of confused there for a minute because I didn't think uh, Venom... Uh, I didn't think Carnage or Cletus Cassidy would actually die in this movie. I thought it would end in kind of a stalemate or Venom losing. Hmm. So I was truly shocked when Venom ate Carnage and ate Cletus. I like the uh, F the sky just ate his head off while they were like chatting. I thought that was a Venom finally made the not the right choice, I guess, but the choice he wanted to make <laughs> the whole movie, which was eat heads. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I mean, because the F-bomb in the first movie also caught me by surprise, so I'm glad that they, in that moment of epicness, they just kind of continued it. And it, it just... Continue the joke. It has to be, yeah, it's all... They have to... It's not it's uncharacteristic of Venom at this point to not do that. Right. And then I love when uh, he's saying bye to Anne and Dan, and Venom's like, Hey, you take care too, Dan. <laughs> and like then he it. turns around, and he's like, oh, We didn't actually need that guy. He, he didn't, wasn't actually more of a nuisance yeah. than a help. Wasn't even helpful. More a nuisance than a help. Yeah. And there's a whole point where he's, they're back, and the chickens are still there at that fountain <laughs> where yeah. Eddie and Venom are hanging out. It's like, why are the chickens still there? But I love the the whole change where Eddie's about to say we are Venom, like we are, and Venom's Future like, Deuce <laughs> on the run. <laughs> I I so this whole movie I think is actually kind of about like the relationship of Venom and Eddie and their true symbiosis because they 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 had their struggles at the beginning, they broke up, they made up. And then the final battle was about true symbiosis. And that's actually kind of something different about the comics, because I think, if I'm remembering right, in the comics, 
Cletus and Carnage were just such a perfect match for each other that that's why they were so strong. But th in this, like, uh, Eddie and Venom were just such a good match for each other. They they were able to fight against Carnage and still almost die. But um, Cletus and Carnage weren't a complete match for each other. I thought there was also kind of a nice parallel because in the comics, again, I know almost nothing about Carnage, but to my knowledge, most of the time, Spider-Man and Venom team up. That's yeah. how they beat Carnage. And yeah. we don't have Spider-Man. We don't have access to Spider-Man. More on that in a moment. Uh, so Venom still can't beat Carnage on his own. He needs Shriek being uh, in Cletus's relationship, messing things up with, their, with Carnage and Cletus's symbiosis. He needs Anne and Dan and the father as a distraction. And like, it's Power not, up. so it's definitely not Eddie and Venom winning the fight as much as Venom made jokes about it afterwards. So it was a nice, good team moment. I don't know why I like this movie. Why is it so good? Well, how? Crap. How? I just, I just thought of something else. Uh, so uh, when Eddie was at Cletus's, cell about to be uh uh executed um Cletus started taunting him with the how he was uh, uh abused as a kid and then at that moment uh Cletus bites Eddie and creates carnage carnage then starts destroying venom at the end and calling him father so it's like a reverse of the abuse thing. I don't know if that was intentional or not, though, because in the comics, Carnage is the son-ish thing of Venom. So I don't know if that was intentional one, or not. It also bleeds into the one joke Carnage made where he's like, I'm going to kill and eat you, father. <laughs> not you, father. <laughs> That's a good classic pun. That yeah. maybe only yes. I can appreciate. Only us three can appreciate. Yeah, I thought that was funny. I'm surprised I didn't feel groans in theater. People were laughing a lot. Mm -hmm. This movie was funny. It was good, but yeah, I feel like it had a lot of closure. Like I think the Venom story's kind of done. Like I, I know the Mulligan thing I happened, but I, I think everything's kind of wrapped up nicely. Or yeah, is I it? Kind of almost wish the Mulligan thing didn't happen. Yeah, because I think in Venom's universe, like it's kind of a good time for Eddie to leave the universe, like he does in the mm -hmm. post-credit scene. Exactly. I don't know. I think Mulligan might just be dead or something. It might just be like a ghost or whatever, and they can just—they don't have to bring it back up, you know, unless they want to. Yeah. So yeah, Andy Circus is full of crap because he was like, "Oh, you know." Venom and Spider-Man, like, that feels way down the line. We have more Venom story to tell. Yada, yada. But this post credit scene happened, which has taken the internet by storm. It's everywhere. I knew from, I saw the TV, and the moment I saw the TV, I knew it was, I was like, oh, no, oh, man. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, I guess Sony either has went AWOL, or Marvel and Studios and Sony are working together, but Venom is now in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I feel like there's no other way to put it, right? It can't be anything else. Yep. 
Because literally yeah. the yeah. guy's like, why are you in my hotel room? And at the TV and everything. I don't know. That, that whole image of Tom Holland was weird. I don't know why he'd be standing mm-hmm. there with his mask off. Like, wouldn't he want to feign innocence or whatever <laughs> until proven guilty? That was... The more I think about that, the more that doesn't make sense. But Venom licking the screen, I was like, what's, what's yep, going on? Nope. But yeah, Venom said, I didn't do this. I'm not doing this. So it tells us that whatever happened, whether it was Doctor Strange or Loki or Wanda or all of them, breaking Ultron. the multiverse. <laughs> Maybe Ultron. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> I, I don't think it's going to be that consequential. I think what if's going to have we're still, we haven't seen the last episode of What If yet at the time of recording, but I don't think it's going to rock that boat because yeah. I think they're going to stop the threat before it comes to this universe. But <laughs> so I think it's, anyways, it, uh, I think that the clip of uh, uh, JJJ is after Doctor Strange opened the multiverse thing or maybe whatever that is because uh, we see Spider Man take off his mask. And that wasn't in the original reveal in uh, Far From Home. So I think this is during the events of Far From, or No Way Home. But it's it's weird because also this was right after Venom was talking to Eddie about the hive mind the of the Clintar or the symbiotes. So I don't know. I guess I can say it's possible that the hive mind like transcends universes and is actually multiversal. So this Venom might have the knowledge of Spider-Man 3 Venom and recognizes Spider-Man from that universe. I mean, that's just if a total far-fetched up, I was idea. Gonna bring it up. Yeah. Could Topher Grace Venom be returning? Oh, gosh. I he hope already not. said he is. <laughs> oh, jeez. I... Yeah, because Venom doesn't have any ties to Spider-Man. So I don't yeah. know why he would go through the multiverse specifically. But at least this Venom doesn't have any ties to Spider-Man. So I don't know. Uh, but, so, this movie ended, like, before the end credit scene, this movie ended with Venom Eddie as basically, like, a... They're on the run from the authorities and everyone, basically probably being a monster which is very similar to uh tom holland's spider-man situation he's on the run for Mm. for killing mysterio so the two of them could actually maybe team up in no way home i think they'd have to i think i don't like the idea i'm i know he's classically a villain but i'm too attached to eddie and venom being the lethal protector now (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, in the Lethal Protector, he was a good guy. Uh, exactly. So I, I think they're making him a good guy. And in commonly now, Venom is more of an a uh, anti-hero or protagonist than a villain, unlike his true comic origins. Venom 3, Lethal Protector, question mark? Uh, ooh. I'm gonna cl- I'm gonna claim it. It's copyrighted right. now. <laughs> no, no, Marvel Studios. No. No, I'm sorry, Sony. No, <laughs> don't, don't hurt me. They have to pay you now. Yeah, I want 25 percent of the profits. 
<laughs> anyway. All in all, uh, 7 out of 10 goopy symbiote bits. Whoa. Wow. Which is a... Venom 1 was like 6, 6.5. More like 6. So, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I, yeah, I would say... I would say like seven, seven and a half goopy goops. Um, I mean, I said this at the beginning, like this movie had some, some strange quirks in it, but it, it totally accepted that and made it funny. And I liked it. I give it seven out of 10 successful rescues of Anne from the drop. Mm. Wow. <laughs> I think honestly, I think the highest praise for this over the first Venom is that I'd rewatch this. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I've had never I've never had a desire to rewatch Venom One while it was okay. Two weeks from now, I will probably remember this movie. <laughs> Some of it. Yeah. yeah. So I'm gonna say a few comic references and things. Yes. Uh so Mulligan in the comics becomes a symbiote called Toxin. Uh, he's actually the most protagonist uh, symbiote in the sense that like he's he a good becomes symbiote? a good guy. Yes. Okay. Now Venom is kind of that. a good guy sometimes, but Toxin is actually he's teamed up with Spider-Man before, and Spider-Man has respected him as a hero. Uh, and then Shriek teams up with Cletus in the Maximum Carnage story in the comics, uh, and is the romantic interest of Cletus. So, well done, movie. There was some confusion on my part about Shriek, um, just mainly her origins, because for some reason I thought she was a symbiote in the comics. I think there is another symbiote called Scream, I think. Yes. Uh... Well, the, okay, the main then. difference is oh. Shriek in the comics has a scar over her eye uh, mm-hmm. and is not a symbiote. She's also a mutant. Yes. In the comics. Um, she like actually referred to herself as a mutant mutation. Yeah. So that's interesting. Uh, the lethal protector we've already mentioned a couple times, but is the name of the Venom comic series that both movies is kind of based on um what i mean is uh this both movies were based in san francisco um and that comic series is him in san francisco being a lethal protector and a hero that's great i might have to get that read yeah and then um something i found out recently there is a radio show podcast called Cletus Cassidy Radio Show. Um, the difference is that Cassidy is spelled with one S rather than two, but it's a... Um, he's a comedian, Christian comedian, and uh, yeah, so found that. Haven't listened to that, but Cletus, if you're listening, give us a shout-out on your radio show, please. Uh, goopy Goop for Goopy Goop. Uh, blown out eye for blown out eye. Mm-hmm. I'm out of, <laughs> out of analogies. <laughs> wow. 
So uh, before we, we close, um, does everyone want to give their best Venom impersonation? I already did mine. I'll do my, uh, I should do the whole outro in my Venom impersonation. Do it. Oh, please. Tim, you have to do yours first. Oh, I'm not very good at impersonations, but I'll, I'll give well, you a, asked us a go. To. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give my favorite line. I'm not good at this, guys. I'm scared. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> we are Venom. No. Ah, crap. Hold on. I'm, I have to get in Say there. I'm sorry. sorry. Say the fugitives from the law line. You did that one. Yeah, already. yeah, yeah, yeah. We are fugitives. We're also Cookie Monster. <laughs> I know that sounded like we're Cookie all, Monster. We're all Cookie Monster. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to put an image of Cookie Monster up on the Instagram post just to. Yes, please. If you listen to it, you'll know. It's just gonna be the last one. Oh my god, guys! You're gonna make me so embarrassed, but I'm gonna have to do this. I gotta like empty out like your guys's impersonations because I'm pretty good at impersonations. I just gotta. It's hard. This is a hard one, anyway. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Follow us on Instagram. <laughs> this is turning into Batman. Uh. <laughs> it's Venom done right. You too, Dan. Listen next week. Goodbye. <laughs>